Hey, what's up? Hello, you guys, and welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Thursday, April 29th, and welcome to the 100th episode of In the Room. If you would have told me that over uh, two years ago we would have hit 100 episodes over the course of two seasons, I probably would have called you crazy. But in this wrestling craze state, I guess I probably should have known better. So here I am at the top of this show thanking you, dear listener, for listening. Whether you're tuning in for the first time or this is your 50th show or you've been with us for all 100 episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When I started this thing, I promised myself to always be pliable and to listen to you guys at every opportunity to try and present a show that you wanted to listen to. At the same time, I tried to create a podcast that took all the best parts of the shows that I also regularly listen to. So that's why you get the weekend freestyle show each Monday, a clear rip, but also a nod to uh, the late Therese Paler, Charles Robinson, and the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. You get interviews with coaches and wrestlers and other folks that I come across while gathering information and reporting, which is a nod to the fine folks at the Kansas City Star Sports Beat podcast. Every so often you get legitimate podcast stories, a nod to the ESPN Daily um, and their tremendous podcast storytelling ability. And then also, way more often than not, you get nerdy wrestling breakdowns with other folks Fun wrestling minds, just like the athletic football shows uh, Robert Mays brings each week, both in the offseason and during the regular season. And that's exactly what you'll be getting again today, a show that breaks down kind of what to expect this coming weekend at the UWW Junior National Championships in Coralville. There's a lot of wrestling going on this weekend with senior level men's freestyle, women's freestyle, Greco-Roman, as well as the junior freestyle and Greco-Roman competitions. Uh, but this is uh, because basically this is the equivalent of the Junior World Team Trials event for USA wrestling right all finals for the junior freestyle and the junior greco competitions will be best of three series and we'll decide who will rep the united states at the junior world championships which is set for august 16th through the 22nd in russia so a couple weeks after the olympic games later near the end of this summer i suppose to get you ready for what to watch and follow this weekend, I brought back the Wrestling Nomad, formerly of Flow Wrestling, but who's now covering the sport on his own through his Patreon page. Nomad is a fantastic wrestling mind, and we discuss the upcoming junior competition through the lens of Iowa wrestlers, right? Who can compete for the world team spots, who can make some noise, other things we're kind of hoping to learn from the action this weekend. Nomad always brings the goods, always does his homework, and this hour is absolutely no exception. It was a great conversation, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's cue up that intro music. We'll get to that conversation now. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Episode number 100, we made it, and we're still going as well. So I hope you guys enjoy today's show. here with the wrestling nomad um funny point here that i wanted to make it is the so this is the hundredth episode of of my podcast and i looked back you were on episode 13 when we were discussing the midlands a couple years ago and now here you are again number 100 and we're going to talk a little bit more freestyle maybe a little bit of greco um because there's a lot going on this weekend, right? We've got seniors, uh, men's and women's freestyle, Greco-Roman. We've got junior Greco-Roman, junior freestyle. We're going to talk a lot more, I think, about the junior side of things. Uh, but before we get there, because um, you were ready to move on to junior Sunday afternoon once we got done with cadets. But now I, we were talking off air. You have a quick thought, Nomad, about what happened last weekend in the Dells. Um, so how about we start there and then we'll move forward. What you got? 
Yeah. So you, you, you know, I tweeted, all right, it's time to turn our attention towards junior trials. And you're like, dude, let me get home first. <laughs> it's a five and hour drive, like, man. <laughs> and I was like, screw you. At least you made it to the Dells. I had a flight for Friday night and I don't know, something happened, tornadoes or whatever weather. Cause I was flying through Dallas cause it was an American flight. So they were taking me through an American hub and I couldn't even get there. Cause by the time, so I got an email that said your flight is rebooked. And by the time I would have gotten there, it would have been like quarterfinals of cadets. And I'm like, well, that's defeats the whole purpose of me going in the first place. Uh, so at least you made it there, but yeah, we got, we had this quick turnaround, you know, we're doing something unusual this year where normally there's junior nationals, which is like baby us open, you know, for the, the 18, 20 year olds, and then junior team trials this year, all at once, right. First time happening. And so that's why we kind of had to quickly be like, all right, cool. Cadets happen. Congrats to those, you know, 10 guys, or I guess, uh, 18 guys, um, for the Greco too. And now it's on to, to junior. So you talked about it last week, so I don't want to step on that. That was a good episode, by the way, guys. Episode 98. Go listen to uh, episode 98. Nine guys placed from Iowa, a bunch of Seabolts. Um, and like we were talking about off air, Iowa is in a position to kind of grow. And I think that the guys we're going to see this weekend kind of laid the groundwork for that a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, I so I, ha, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I think Iowa, in a weird roundabout way, is kind of underrated when it comes to a high school wrestling state, just based on their Fargo results from the last few Fargo tournaments. I know there wasn't one last summer, uh, but like I remember 18, 19, uh, the women's freestyle, obviously that the, the boys obviously do tremendous when it comes to freestyle. And, and I know we're not really a Greco state, we being the state of Iowa but like they always seem to perform very well. Um, you're probably thinking more freestyle. Um, mm -hmm. And I like, I agree. I think that there's, and we'll get into the nitty gritty of all this. There's a lot of kids high school aged, or maybe they're just one year out. We'll probably touch on some of these college guys too, that are going to be worth watching this weekend in Coralville. A lot, I, like, I think, I think there's a handful that could make quite a bit of noise here, whether it's getting mm -hmm. on the podium or, you know, there's a, there's a handful here that I think could actually make a run to perhaps, perhaps make the junior team, which I think would be really cool. Cause when you think about it, we still have U 23s to go further down the line here. And obviously Fargo is going to be later this summer. That's always a big deal, but like Iowa has a rep on the cadet team. Iowa has a rep on the Olympic team. And then if they're able to put a rep on the junior team, like that's pretty cool, right? Like that's, I think it is. What do you think? Yeah, it's great. And I'm glad you brought up Fargo because so a few years ago, I had run these numbers and it was mainly tied to Illinois because they're good. <laughs> I, pissed a lot of, I pissed a lot of people off because I told what I thought is the truth, which is Fargo results are not a perfect example of what is the best state. And I say that because in all likelihood, if Pennsylvania went gangbusters every single year and just said, okay, all of the best kids are going to Fargo, they would win 70% of the time, 80% of the time. I agree. And so what Illinois has done is they have probably the best buy-in of any state when it comes to Fargo, right? And Fargo and, and, uh, and Cadet and Junior Duels. Right. Yep. They're, they're, the results are at the top. So no surprise over the last 10 years, I did 2010 to 2019, Illinois has the best 
Fargo finish. Okay. Who do you think is right behind them? Well, I feel like, I feel like the answer here is Iowa, but that would not be my gut guess if we weren't already talking about it going into this question. Right. It, yeah. it wouldn't be your gut <laughs> guess, right? You would say maybe PA, maybe Minnesota. Ohio does very, very well uh, in, in Fargo, right? Ohio, another state that's their freestyle results are probably a little better. You know, I hear people talking about their, their, their officiating in uh, Ohio where they just basically don't, don't let you wrestle top to bottom, but Ohio from 2010, or excuse me, Iowa from 2010 to 2019 was the second best state in terms of average Fargo finish. Illinois averaged 1.9. Iowa averaged a four, which was higher than uh, Minnesota, averaged a five, and Ohio averaged a 5.4. Iowa's cool. the second best high school freestyle state over the last decade, according to Fargo. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize that over the last decade it had been that good. Um, like I knew that we always, there's, there's always like, I always count like total number of all Americans whenever I cover Fargo every year. And I usually do it remotely this year. Hopefully I'll actually be back in the Fargo dome. Um, but I always count like total number of all Americans when it comes to like men's freestyle and, and Greco on the junior level. Like we always pay attention to the women too. Just, you know, how does that impact the overall growth of girls wrestling in Iowa? Um, you know, or how is that indicative of the continued growth and whatnot? And, and the juniors in Iowa, I mean, it's funny you mentioned buy-in because when, when I think of like the Iowa's junior team that goes to Fargo every year, what really helps them is that they get a lot of seniors that had already graduated and are getting ready to go compete collegiately. You know, like Lance Runyon made a run to the Greco finals the summer after his senior year. Kate DeVos was in the finals in both styles the summer after his senior year. Um, like there's a lot of guys that go, you know, John McConkey was an all American the summer after senior, you can go on and on and on Spencer Gennary. Um, they're just, they're every, Joel Shapiro. They're everywhere. Just guys that decide that they want to go compete for Iowa one last time before they go off to college. And that's, that is probably helped them a ton, but it's also just like really cool to go see them do that because it's kind of like the, it's one, it's their last hurrah, but two, like they're not the only state that does that, but they, they happen to be, I think one of the states that is more successful at having their graduated seniors compete very well at Fargo. Bingo. You hit the nail on the head. Exactly. It is graduated seniors. And I, I mean, that's what it should be, right? Fargo is kind of that last opportunity for the guys to represent uh, as a high schooler, right? Before that. And, and a lot of them, you know, nowadays, cause kids kind of, they get to go to campus like May or June, you know, so they've kind of been training, but that's also cool, right? Because then you get to see the improvements from, okay, they've been in their high school room. And even if it's a great high school room, even if it's, you know, for the Iowa guys, even if it's a, a Waverly Shell Rock, a Southeast Polk, you know, or, or on the club side, right? A Seabold or a big game where they do have good practice partners and they do have good coaching, but it's just hard to compare any high school room to a college room, right? And which we're going to get into in a little bit with some of these weights, if, if we do some, some picks and stuff. But yeah, it's it's the last opportunity for these guys to wrestle and graduated seniors to me are a tremendously interesting and fun part of Fargo, even though I hate that tournament with <laughs> all of my soul. It is the worst. It is the single worst tournament on earth to cover of like major events, right? Like anything that's like really, really important it is the one that I would volunteer for the least. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really I, I will never go again if I don't have to. Um, but yeah, I wanted to start off the podcast with that because I thought it was tremendously interesting. I don't think I would have guessed it. I don't think a lot of people would guess it that over the last 10 years, now they've never, not they've never won, but in the last 10 years, they haven't won. So it's uh, from 2010 to 19. So going forward, second, 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 seventh, 
fifth, seventh, fifth, third, third, fourth. Yeah. So like all but what a couple of years consistently in the top five. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's now we have this incredible wave that we got to see in action last week. Some of them were in action last week, not all of them for, for various reasons, um, but just some really good talent coming up. Um, and they're, they're following a wave of really, really good talent that a handful, I mean, that's an easy transition to this weekend, right? That, that they're going to be on the mats in Coralville. They're going to be competing in the junior tournament, um, which I think, you know, th- there's a lot of names here. We don't have to touch on them all, but I think where I kind of wanted to start with this and to kind of pick your brain about the junior tournament when it comes to Iowa guys specifically is, um, you know, who do we think is going to contend for the team maybe we should start there and then we can dive into guys who we think might be able to make runs and perhaps make the podium but who do we think is gonna who do we think from Iowa has the best case to perhaps make the junior team and go to Russia this summer so um I I think you know and and most times you do a preview right you kind of go weight by weight but I think in this case it it does make sense at the very first weight right at 57 kilos two of the I don't know, call it five or six guys. I think that's a pretty compact uh, way at the top where, or not compact, it's, it's kind of deep at the top rather is what I mean, of like five or six guys that could really win. And depending on how the brackets shake out, you could have a Hawkeye versus Hawkeye battle of Drake Ayala versus Jesse Ibarra. Now, Jesse, obviously not an, an Iowa high schooler, but represents Iowa now for, for the Hawkeyes, or will soon. He redshirted this past year. I guess fake redshirted. Um, <laughs> hey, COVID redshirted. Right, it doesn't count. <laughs> but I would say those are two of the guys right at the top of 57 kilos. And and I don't just say that because of folk style results. I say that because of freestyle results, right? Drake was uh, two-time Fargo champ, right? 90, he won 94. And did he win 13 or 20 when he won it the second time? Uh, so he won 88. Um, as a oh yeah, it was eighty eight. Yeah, eighty eight as a baby. cadet, and then he won thirteen um, as a junior. Um, he right. like he rolled his way through that tournament. I'm pretty sure it was a tech fall in the finals. It was a comeback tech fall, but it was a tech fall. Right, and then Ibarra, um, he was an Akron finalist, so that would have been 2018. This is his third year. So, and he was also know, a cadet champ because he beat Caleb Rachi in the finals that year. <laughs> oh yes, yes, you're, you're correct. The year before in Fargo. He, he, uh, he won and the things that, so for, for a bar, the things that make him good in freestyle, um, he's very stingy, right? Extremely hard to score on his stance is kind of not awkward in the, like that kid's a spaz way. It's just, he, he, he keeps his legs so far back and, um, he, he has some stuff kind of like, uh, some interesting stuff below the knee. I've gotten to watch him a lot in person. So, um, it's, it's, I'm not the best at describing it, but. Just he has some interesting, interesting ways of finishing below the knee and then has a really uh, amazing throw by, which, you know, in freestyle where finishing fast is really important, um, you know, because you don't want to get hip tipped or, you know, belly wizard or, um, you know, head pinch, chest wrap. Being able to finish without really either having to touch the legs or just finish quickly, right? So having that, that sneaky quick throw by is it's valuable in folk style, but it's probably even more valuable in freestyle. And, and I mean, to me, that's a big part of why Jesse's going to be right, uh, right in the mix at the top of, of 57. Well, and it's funny that you describe his style that way, because when I think of Drake Ayala, I think of dropping to the knee. 
I think of <laughs> his his quick, you know, he's got a mean slide by shrug series. Um, you know, he's got a mean lefty single. Um, you know, he's a guy that is perennially really hard to score on because he drops to that knee and he takes away a lot of different angles. And I mean, he's a guy who's also when he decides to attack, he is just as quick. So if these two were to meet, whether it's quarter semis, best of three finals, I mean, I, part of me thinks in some regard, it's like that Spider-Man meme where one Spider-Man <laughs> is pointing at the other Spider-Man. Um, but like, what could we learn from a matchup like that? Like Yabar has obviously spent a year in the college room. Drake Ayala has, I mean, he's as impressive of a high school wrestler as we've seen in this state and probably around the country in some time. Like what, what do you think we could learn from a matchup like that? I don't, I don't know that a matchup like that would be super informative to me. For me, it's the, it's, it's a lot more the other guys, right? So it's how does uh, Drake match up with a Greg D, right? How does Jesse match up with Richie Figs? Um, kind of how, how they interact with, or not interact, how they wrestle against some of the, the, the better guys um, in that weight. You know, Ibarra at, uh, in Omaha, the junior in U23 that wasn't a world team trials. It was just for the national championships in November. He lost to uh, his, he finished fifth right? His only losses were to Angelo Rini and Brody Teske, both of whom are now, both of whom have aged out of juniors. So, you know, and this is, this is going to play into 61 a lot. Think about the difference between an 18 year old and a 20 year old, especially an 18 or 19 year old that's coming from a high school room. In Drake, again, even a great one as Seabolt, right? One of the best clubs in the country right now. And, oh, I've been in the room with Spencer Lee and not even Spencer Lee, right? Aaron Cashman and, and DeSanto and, you know, some of those other lightweights. Um, I think that's going to make a really huge difference. And every year I fall into the trap of, man, this guy's an amazing high school wrestler. I think he's going to be able to transition really well. And, they get up against a college guy who's been in the room, who's been lifting with college guys, who's been hand fighting with college guys, who's just been, you know, just living a college wrestling lifestyle. And it's like, oh, that's right. There are levels to this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, I, the, the biggest thing that I see, um, at least from a freestyle perspective, when it comes from jumping from high school to college is I, there's two big things, right? It's speed and it's strength. Um, so that's, you know, how does it, there's a lot of talented high schoolers here at that 57 kilo weight. How can that help? Yabara navigate this tournament, perhaps make the junior world team. Cause you look at kind of who else has signed up at 57. You got to think he's probably one of those five, six guys that could absolutely make the team. Um, that's kind I, of what I'm looking for out of him. Yeah. I would say he's right at the top. So, so if you look at the guys who are kind of in the mix, you know, Jesse Drake, Richie figs who, you know, Richie figs, the last was folks. Of course, the last time he wrestled Drake, he lost. Also folk style, but he just wrestled Brett Unger and lost. So the last time we saw Richie at a really, really, really high level, he's lost. So does that mean, you know, there's chinks in the armor and he's, he's fallen off a bit? Or does that mean he's going to come in super motivated and, you know, it's his better style? I don't know, right? That's, but, but he's one for me. Greg D is not, we haven't, I haven't seen Greg D wrestle in maybe two or three years, right? He was hurt and, you know, he was, he was doing New York and then, he, you know, Cornell didn't really get to do anything this past year. Um, uh, kind of a, a, another tier down, like as far as those guys who could be making a jump, right? Gabe Wisenhunt, Cooper Flynn, um, Troy Spratley, who wrestled Drake at Super 32. So 57, definitely a really interesting bunch with, I mean, again, depending on how the seeds shake out, Ibarra and Drake 
really could be your your final to to make a world team. I'm not just saying that because this is an Iowa centric podcast. Like they really are two of the best guys in the weight. No, hundred percent. I agree with you. And I there there are two trains of thought that come with that. One that'd be really really cool to do it for them in Coralville where there's a bunch of Iowa fans and there's going to be a bunch of Iowa because they're going to, they're going to allow fans in there um, yes. that are going to be there to watch all of the Iowa kids compete freestyle Greco. They're going to be there all weekend. There's obviously going to be a segment that's going to be there to watch all the Hawkeye guys at the senior level. Um, and obviously they're going to want to have to watch, they're going to want to watch Drake wrestle through the junior tournament. Um, but then too, like the other part of me is like, okay, two Hawkeye lightweights at the same weight, battling for an international opportunity where have i heard this before is that gonna like bug people i really hope it doesn't because like i want to see them wrestle just to kind of see where both mm-hmm. guys are at because you know you say we haven't seen greg d russell in two years we haven't seen i don't think you borrow russell since you know his i senior state tournament maybe i don't know that he's competing i mean maybe oh, omaha i guess but right you know, before then been a while yeah, it's been right? a while mm-hmm. so I, there's a lot of these which kind of, I mean, that seems like an easy transition into, you know, who next should we be looking out for when it comes to Iowa high school, like guys that are competing this weekend, because like, I feel like the buzzword here is just like intrigue, like just being able to see these guys compete at this level and also see a bunch of other guys who we maybe haven't seen compete in a year or more, you know, wrestle at this level. Um, You know, Drake, Drake's obviously a guy, you know, Iowa high school, Jesse Ibarra is obviously a guy from the Hawkeye room. Who else are you maybe thinking, you know, hey, they, they if, if the bracket breaks right or if they bring their A game has a shot to make the team here when, when it comes to juniors? Oh, man. Making the team is hard. That, that's, that's a difficult <laughs> one. And I don't want to place too much, too much um, uh, what sort of pressure on the kids that, that are doing that. But as far as, as, as interesting guys who can shake up the bracket, who have had good freestyle results, right? Caleb Rachi. Right. Caleb Rachi, if you remember, let's see, two years ago at, yeah, two years ago in Akron, uh, he texted Shane Van Ness. Now, obviously, Van Ness' tooth popped out or whatever, right? So, <laughs> well, that's not Caleb's fault, right? Caleb, Caleb won the match. He, he teched the number one kid in the country. Um, you know, he, Caleb has excellent uh, Fargo results. He's a, he's a great athlete, right? I'm sure you've probably covered him played football, right? For Ankeny. Oh yeah. He was a, he, he was a ball hawk in that Ankeny secondary that won a state championship this past year. So he was, there were a lot of times where a lot of his tackles, I was like, that was a pretty clean double leg out there on the 40 yard line. Right. So his body awareness is great, which obviously is helpful in folk style, but probably even more so in freestyle, you know, where just you, you see athleticism matter a little more in freestyle, right? You see that body awareness matter a little more in freestyle. So I think, Caleb, um, who has great folks style results, but you know, he didn't win a state title this year. Now he lost to a kid who was just in the Akron finals, uh, in <laughs> Riggins, who I believe they're probably, they probably work out together all the time. Right. Hey, um, I, I'm sure they roll quite a bit in that Seabolt room. It's been a minute since I've yeah. been in the room, but yeah, they, they're, they're still roughly the same weight. I know actually they wrestled at 152 in the state finals. Riggins was just at 71, which is what roughly the same, or it's like 156. Yeah. So he was up a little bit. So Caleb will be down. Yeah. Caleb will more. Be, he wrestled 45 at the ultimate club duels. Um, mm-hmm. So now I think what he's, is it 65 kilo where he's registered? This yeah. Weekend? So one, 143 this weekend. Yeah. So he's actually like actually cutting weight. Cause I know he really wasn't cutting a whole lot of weight back in winter, um, which means he might actually, <laughs> actually be down to fighting weight. weight. Well, I'll tell you what, I got to see him his first tournament back. This was like some high school tournament in Indianola. This was in December and it was like fresh off a of football season for him. 
And like he put his singlet on and I was just like, man, you're still carrying around a little bit of football weight. And he was he was just like, hey, I'm easing my way back into wrestling shape. So I'm I'm, I'm picturing him down at 65, actually kind of in better wrestling shape, if not the mm-hmm. best wrestling shape he's probably been in in some time. Well, and I just I have to imagine, again, even though, you know, it's his buddy, it's his Seabolt teammate, he has to have a bad taste in his mouth from finishing out, you know, because right, I, I, I talked to his dad. I probably DM'd his dad every other Friday while they were going through because, you know, because of COVID, right? And it was like Iowa actually had a season. Um, I remember you talking to me about it, like, yeah, this is maybe the most interesting Iowa high school football season in a long time. But I was just DMing <laughs> his dad all the time. He's like, yeah, you know, he really wants to, he wants to win a state title in football, and then he wants to win a state title, uh, you know, in wrestling. And then, like, that be the cap to his senior year, which, I mean, that's, like, what better way is there to finish his, your senior year? So I imagine there's going to be a bad taste in his mouth. And again, he's an excellent freestyler making the team. Ah, Bo Bartlett and Josh Edmond also have excellent <laughs> freestyle results are in, you know, world-class rooms, right? Edmund won the, um, Edmund won the juniors in Omaha. Bartlett has, Bartlett has been second and third at a, at a lot of, of, of super high level events. So I don't know if Caleb can make the team. It would be, it'd be awesome if he made the team. That, that'd be really cool for, for, for him to see. Um, so Caleb Rocci definitely won at the top. And then a, a guy I'm also interested in, uh, so Wyatt Volker, he was, what, okay, so he was six in Fargo a couple years ago. Now, that was 16U, formerly Fargo Cadets. So he's going to be a young junior, I believe a first-year junior this year. Yeah. Um, so this, is real, this will be really good experience for him as far as making the team down the line when he's, when he's you know, third-year junior at, at age 20. Um, you know, I got to watch him at night of conflict, right? He's undefeated two a champ for West Delaware this year. Did you see in your coverage of him this year, covering the Iowa high school season, did you see, um, the type of leg attacks that could carry him at an event with college guys? I, so I, I definitely think the tools are there. And when I said the word intrigued earlier, um, he absolutely falls into that category because he blew yeah. through class two a this year. I think pound for pound, he was the best 95 pounder in the state um, by quite a large margin. What makes him so intriguing is that he is still like, he's still learning how to wrestle and like, yep. He scored like I, I want to say it was like eight or nine takedowns in the state championship match. I mean, there was nobody in that bracket that I don't think could hang with him even on a bad day from him. And he just he didn't have a bad weekend. He rolled all the way through that tournament. Um, I would have loved to have seen him at like Akron last summer, like if COVID mm. didn't exist. Like I really was curious to kind of see how he would have done there. Um I don't I, I'm with you. I don't know that he can make the team, but I really do think he can make a lot of noise this weekend because this yes. is a guy that he has a high rate of attack. Um, he does not always finish um, when he wrestles a guy that has a little bit more mat savvy. He maybe doesn't, he's not always able to complete the takedown process, but he's a guy that's going to come after you for six whole minutes and you better be ready to go because especially now he's going to be down at 86, which is 189, a little bit smaller than what he has wrestled. It's not a huge cut for him. Cause I think he, I think he's still got, I think he's got a couple years of 84 in him once he gets to college. Um, mm-hmm. if, he, if he, you know, depending on what, the coaching staff that he ends up with wants to do with him. But I mean, this is a guy that attacks at a high rate. He is still learning different setups, different hand movements, motions, different types of attacks and different types of finishes out of those different types of attacks. I mean, this guy see it like it's, it's like you're basically taking a freak athlete and like he is a much better wrestler now than he was 365 days ago, but like 365 days from now, 
he is going to be even better. Like he is still right. trying to like match his natural athleticism with budding wrestling ability. And like the sky is the limit. It is re- it, like, it's, he's going to be a monster in two years. Like, mm-hmm. and that, and he may still like, he's only scratching his potential, which is why I'm really intrigued to see how he does against a lot of college guys this weekend. Cause it's like, okay, you're really going to get to see how he kind of stacks up against some of these guys. And you know, whatever way he goes, I, I agree with you. I could see him going 84. Um, he has a D one body, right? So you think about recording this on Wednesday, I don't know when you're going to release it, hopefully tomorrow, but yeah, you know, by the time a lot of people listen to this, the, the draft will either have started or, you know, it'll be tonight. And you think about like, in terms of, you know, NFL draft terms, like guys who have NFL bodies, right. Volker has a D one body when you're looking at a prospect. And so, yeah, definitely. It's like, can he match up? I'm, I'm totally with you there. Can he match up the, 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 the skills with the tools and that way, I mean, honestly, there's, there's a couple guys in that weight, um, 86 kilos for juniors that are, are interesting. Again, can they, can they make the team? I don't know. For me, it's about how do they look, right? How are they competing? Can they place, can they navigate their way through a bracket, you know, hang with some college guys, right. That have been, been in college room for a couple of years. Uh, so you got Volker at a big game. You have Griffin Gamble out of Seabolt, who I thought had a really good uh, ultimate club duels. And then uh, Spencer Moodbury out of, out of caveman wrestling. So I, I think Shout as far Osage. as, yeah, Osage. <laughs> so I think as far as interest for Iowa, Iowa high school guys, that's probably the weight for me, 86 kilos where it's, it's the, uh, the Iowa high school fans should be tuning into the most. They should be setting up their, uh, their flow arena alerts for those guys. No, I totally agree with you. Like uh, Mooberry is a guy, he's going to North Dakota state. He is probably going to end up as like a guy that wrestles 97. Cause he's really tall, but also long and lanky. He's got mm-hmm. some Greco success when he was back at Fargo. He's been a, I mean, he's two time state finalist here in Iowa um, beat Adam Aronson who's going to you and I, who's a real tough competitor at 82 this year in class two A. That was one of my favorite state finals matches. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see kind of how he matches up. I mean, a lot of these guys, same with uh, Griffin Gamble, who's a little bit more shorter and stockier, but very technically sound. Um, mm-hmm. How do these guys match up with, you know, I, grown men, right? Like I, you talk about Volker having, you know, a division one prospects body. Um, I think the other two guys have aspects of division one wrestlers bodies, uh, but like, how do they match up with the physicality that some of these get grown right. men who are going to weigh in at 189? Like, how are they going to match up with that? How are they going to respond if they get pushed around a little bit? Um, you know, I think the rest of the high schoolers that, you know, who can make noise this weekend, the word intrigue is absolutely that buzzword. Cause it's like, okay, how do these guys do? Right. We talked about Drake potentially making the team, but then it's like, can Rachi make a run through the bracket? Can Volker make a run through the bracket? How does Mooberry and Gamble do? Um, you know, some of these other, I think those are probably some of the big names I, for, you know, if we really want to geek out a person like me, I'm looking forward to like Hagen Highstand, um, who I think mm. is a severely underrated Iowa high school wrestler. I don't think he gets the love he probably deserves. Cause then, you know, you look at his state bracket, he finished behind Aiden Noonan and Gable Porter. Um, yep. but he is a very technically sound wrestler, very intrigued to see him wrestle freestyle this weekend. Um, Joel Jessaroga has had a tremendous year and a half of wrestling. Um, how does he stack up against some of these guys? Um, you know, Jack Gockle is about to go to the Iowa state room. How does he stack up uh, Graham Gambrel? I always hear great things out of that dude from the big game room. How do these guys stack up? Like, you know, of some of these other guys who, who intrigues you maybe the most out, you know, now that we've kind of gotten to that second tier of Iowa high schoolers, who, who maybe intrigues you the most or who could make some noise here? 
high sand is, is one that sticks out um you know before night of conflict i was watching some of his tape and and i definitely saw some stuff with him okay so gawkle lord his story right so three straight seconds before he got his title yeah so even that alone i mean i i don't know if i'm an iowa high school fan i i would want to continue following that kid in college just because that level of perseverance right just be like no this year i'm getting it done like i cannot go home with another second place medal like this sucks um he he i would say i would say high stand and, and gawkle are the two for me then jessaroga jessaroga is a, a good one because there's a lot of joel jessarogas in the world right and and i say that out of love i don't mean like he's just a guy but i mean what you would probably have expected out of Joel Jessaroga when you saw him in, say, middle school, right? If you if you told someone in middle school, like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to do this, you'd be like, no, no, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way, right? But Jessaroga is, is a great example of what wrestling can do, you know, for a kid's confidence, right, for their life, and just kind of change them. And they can max themselves out in ways that they didn't even know were possible. Right. And so I think that's a credit to, you know, you know, TJ and, and the guys in that SWA room. Um, and also, uh, I mean, let's also give the credit to actually Joel himself for working this hard. And I'm sure having a, you know, a brother who, who just made the world team is also probably a little bit of, of motivation as well. Like, all right, baby bro just made a world team. I got to show out this weekend at junior trials. Uh, again, I don't know if he can make the team, but I'm sure there's a little motivation there. So, yeah, Joel's one I'm definitely curious to see as far as what is that kid's ceiling? Because, again, I, I, I think he kind of broke through what a lot of people thought his ceiling would have been, you know, two or three years ago. And I tend to agree with that. And I, I, I also say this in a upbeat, positive sort of way. I don't know where his ceiling is at. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I still think he's going upward. I still think there's more to him that, you know, cause I, the thing that maybe stuck out most about him this past year was that he didn't really give up points. Like he was very stingy defensively. So now I think right. the next step from him, you know, can you start racking up points like crazy? You know, if you start doing that, then we might have something pretty magical here out of Joel Jessaroga. Um, and then, you know, that, I think that's, that could be a game changer if he's able to add that element to his game. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good assessment for me of him. So, yeah, just – I would say those are three, like, quote-unquote, second tier, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, intrigue guys for Iowa high school. And, you know, just Seabolt in general, how are you going to follow up your big weekend at Cadets, right? Because it's like, all right, well, these guys balled out in Wisconsin Dells. And obviously the quality of competition is different, right? It's better. There's, there's college guys, but it's still – you're in the same room doing the same things with the same coaches telling, you know, telling you the same messages, right? Like you can be the best in the world. Can you now go do the same thing that your little brothers just did a week ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. The final thought I had on Iowa high schools is more Greco and it revolves around, <laughs> it, it revolves around Hunter Garvin, right? Because he's, he's a guy mm -hmm. out of that big game room who has been very good for a while. Another kid that maybe doesn't give the proper amount of love he probably deserves. I think he finally woke some people up with his performance at Super 32 before the season started. Yes, uh, big, big time. And he has routinely, he's had a lot of success, Greco success at Fargo. Um, he had some Greco success at Akron a couple years back. He's only wrestling. third in Fargo, right? He, in Greco? 
Uh, if it wasn't, I think he was third one year. And then the year before that, I think maybe his eighth grade year, he would have been on the podium in, in Greco. Uh, right. Cause I think he got to the semifinals one year. And then I know in Akron, his last cadet year that he competed because the pandemic eliminated his last year. Um, he was, I think third at cadet Greco, but he's also mm-hmm. like a two or three time folk style national champ, um, to it. To, yes. to and then he recently just blew through a really tough field at juniors to win that he's only wrestling Greco this weekend. Um, how do we feel about that? Because I want to see him wrestle freestyle more, but also I'm aware that Greco is probably his best style, at least right now. So I've been, I've been thinking not specifically about Hunter Garvin, but just the concept of focusing on Greco or wrestling Greco more. And I think there is a ton of value in it when you consider, okay, so say you're not the bluest of blue chips, right? Say you're not, we'll just use Spencer Lee as an example, right? Where it's like, okay, this guy's basically going to be good no matter what he does, and he's going to be a super highly sought-after prospect. But think about, Greco gets a very bad name as it pertains to folk style because, you know, there are some things, obviously, where, you know, you can't tech legs and just stance and, and a couple things that, that could be bad. But there's also a lot of good that can be, you know, can come out of it where it's like, man, I can't get to this guy's legs. Okay. I got to rip a headlock, right? I got to work under hooks. I got to do an arm drag. I got to, um, you know, try to try to get behind and without touching his legs um, and just the toughness. Right. And, and, you know, Gre- Greco and freestyle in this instance of mat awareness, right. Not getting pushed around the mat, really controlling the center of the mat. And if you're Hunter Garvin and you're not a super duper blue chip and you can lock in on Greco and you can make it not even necessarily the world team, just make the national team. Well, now all of a sudden you're at the Olympic training center and you're at camp and you're training with men and you can stop by freestyle practice and you can go to freestyle practice or you can pick the brain of a Jordan bros, or you can pick the brain of Jangelo Hancock, or you can pick the brain of Ildar Hafizov, right? And, and their life experiences. So I think there's a very underrated kind of, I don't know, market gap that people can fill if you're not a super duper folk style, freestyle blue chipper with, all right, well, I could, I could go get my skull crushed in by 25 year olds for, you know, three weeks in the summer. And that will actually make me a better wrestler. And that will make me more appealing because now, when I go back to my high school season or when I get in the college room for the first time, I'm a lot more comfortable with the hand fight and, and with the ability to throw people. And, you know, I'm down four with 25 seconds left. Well, you know, I got a little Greco background now and I can go get that throw. Makes sense. So that wasn't about Hunter Garvin specifically, but he, <laughs> he is a good example of that, I would say. Yeah. Well, and I think like what's maybe keeping him from being like a blue, blue chip, because um, I think he's, he's, either around or inside the top 50 of the 2022 class, at least right, like looking right. at the big board, or at least he should be whenever those are redone. Um, like, I think what's maybe holding him from being a blue, blue chip is like the, the lack of freestyle success, right? Cause he's mm-hmm. had a lot of Greco success. He's clearly had a lot of folk style success, right? He's a three-time state finalist, two-time champ, three-time age level national champ in folk style. Um, just haven't seen the freestyle results. Maybe this is finally the summer where that happens. Um, and here's a here's the thing, right? That is starting to shift a little bit because you look at Colton Schultz and you look at Braxton Amos, 
These are guys who made the finals for the world team, the Olympic team coming out of high school, right? A year within a year or, or the year they graduated high school, right? Colton Schultz was in final X and Braxton Amos was just in the Olympic trials finals. And these guys are blue chippers in folk style guys that people think can be all Americans and national champs. So I don't know if I'm Hunter Garvin, I say roll with it, try to get that experience. And then maybe if you want, you can, you know, turn your attention back to freestyle. And obviously, you know, folks style, the, the scholarship's going to be there at some point. Um, I think the last thing, these college guys. Yeah. The, I think the last thing I wanted to touch on is, is more the college guys that are wrestling the juniors. Cause I know like seniors, it, it doesn't matter a ton. I think it matters for the non-Olympic world championships that are going to be later this year. So, you know, I, I, you know, more so the college guys that are wrestling the juniors. Although I will say um, Wyatt Henson has signed up to wrestle seniors, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm very curious to see how he does there. Um, okay. I think, I think he's at 61, maybe 65, uh, but he is in the senior pool instead of the junior pool. I like that a lot. I, it's very, you know, people like to criticize you to say wrestling for a lot of things, but you know, there's also like a real financial monetary aspect to it. And while I would really love if USA Wrestling had a system that made it a lot easier for junior uh, age guys to wrestle senior level, because I think that's really where I think from 14 to 18, we're even or about even with Russia. And then from about 19 to 22, we drop off maybe because our guys do folk style eight months out of the year, but that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> But I think if there, if there was an easier way for our top junior level guys to wrestle in, you know, the U.S. Open and Dave Schultz and, and you know, Bill Farrell, we would, be, we would have a little bit better success at senior level because they would be – they would know what it's like, right? They, they, they're not going there to win. I mean, maybe for Kyle Snyder you can win as a junior age guy, like, but he's a freak. But getting those reps in and knowing, okay – this is how far away I am strength wise. This is how far away I am technique wise. This is how far away I am mat IQ wise. This is how far away I am in my preparation, right? In my film study, in my sleep schedule, in my diet, or maybe this is how close I am. You know, um, it was a criteria match. I lost, but it was a criteria match with, you know, that guy who made the national team. It was, he had to go get a takedown in the final minute to beat me. And, you know, he was in final X. So um, I think that's awesome that, that White Henson is registered for, for seniors, but yeah. So, okay. Uh, junior guys who are interesting, who are, you know, for the college's country, right. He was a two-time Fargo champ. Um, would love to see a healthy Colin Shriver, um, you know, for, for Panther, uh, you know, you and I, right. Panther wrestling club, Kale Happel and Julian Farber at 65 kilos. Uh, Evan Yant is at 70 for them. Bradley Reyna, Bradley Reyna. Very intrigued was, to see him compete this, this weekend. He averaged 11.4 points per match in Omaha. Now he didn't place, but that kind of offensive output can get you really far in a tournament like this. I agree, which is another reason why I'm, I'm super intrigued to see him compete. Also, I mean, a lot of the, it's, and it's similar to like some of these high school guys, but maybe even more so like amplified for these college guys it's just like we get to see them compete again. And so, like, you mentioned a guy like Kevin <laughs> who did a lot of the extra match stuff, right? So we got to see him a little bit here and there. But, like, now we'll really – you know, if he makes a run, this is, you know, what, six, seven, eight matches potentially in a couple of days. Like, that's 
Right. That's exciting for someone who like me and hopefully like you, who really enjoys watching Kale Happel Russell. Um, same right. thing with Julian Farber, who we got to see a little bit more of this past year than maybe some of these other guys. Um, you know, Evan, Yan- I mean, a lot of these guys, I, it's been a while since I've seen them in a freestyle setting too, which I mm-hmm. think is also the very intriguing part. Like I, we mentioned him at the top of the podcast when we were raving about Iowa's success at Fargo, but like Cade DeVos is entered. And so yes. very excited to see him compete this weekend. Um, and he was, I think he was, he might've been in the finals in, um, he might've been in the finals in Omaha. I want to say that he was, he I, was I right. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, he lost to uh, Bernie Trouks in in the the finals there. So look, he went on a run, and I know he's not um, he doesn't go to an Iowa college, right? He goes to uh, South Dakota State, but he is an Iowa prep. I mean, right? hey, he is an Iowa high shout, shout out to Cody Caldwell. South Dakota State is basically an Iowa college now. They yeah, they have a lot. <laughs> they have a lot of Iowa guys. And hey, how about that awesome new facility they're going to be getting in the next couple of years? That's pretty dope. That's gonna yes. That's they're still chasing a lot of these high level Iowa high school guys. So like that is that is probably going to help their recruitment, not just in Iowa, but obviously elsewhere where they're looking for hammers as well. Short sidebar, I'm I'm sure you experienced this. Do you get when you are and obviously you mainly are tweeting about Iowa guys, but do you get a lot of okay, I now know who this college is looking at because this head or assistant coach likes my tweet when 100%. I talk about prospect 100%. <laughs> Which is my favorite because it's like less work for me to do because I can just, yes. oh, yeah, okay, that's I'll just make a note of that real quick. That's who's recruiting who. And I'll, you know, when I talk to the kid, you know, then I find a way to weave it into my question about like, oh, hey, like I don't need every school you're talking to, but like I know Wisconsin's trying to talk to you. I know South Dakota State's trying to talk to you. Who else do we need right. to know about? Who else have you been chatting with? Um, it's, I totally it's, get it's, that all the time. Yeah, it's so easy because it's like, okay, you know, this assistant coach liked my tweet about them. And then, you know, you can check like people's Twitter follows. And it's like, okay, these six coaches are following him. So they're probably, you know, they're probably – high after this kid because for me like one of my favorite things when i would go to college is i'd always want to see the whiteboard right and i would never like talk about it with anybody but just for my own personal knowledge i was like all right let me go see the whiteboard let me see who they're after and sometimes it's really fascinating to see like what weight they project kids at you know yeah. like, oh wow they think that kid's gonna get huge well you know, that's... Or they or they want to bulk that kid up it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of the kids i talk to you know i one of the not one of the first, but one of the questions I usually try to weave in there is, you know, like, Hey, like what weight do they see you at? And like, sometimes different, they'll give different answers that they receive from different coaches. And so it's very curious to kind of see where I'm I'm with you. Like what's the whiteboard like look like in those war rooms. I'll, uh, I'll finish with this and then we can get back to, to some of the, the college guys. But one time I was at an event and uh, I asked the kid, I said, what weight do you see you're at self at in college? And he said, Oh, I'm a 25 pounder. And his future college coach was also there. And I said, what weight do you see him at in college? And he's, and he said, Oh, he's a 149 pounder. <laughs> and I was like, man, y'all better get on the same page. Cause one of you was in for a very rude awakening. <laughs> They're trying to project years down the road to both of them. And it's like, I actually do this. <laughs> Maybe you get maybe you, you uh, need to get lined up on that. Um, but yeah, back to back to the college guys. Um, you know, so looking kind of upper weights, right? There's two 
Hawkeye guys, Hawkeye uh, club guys, one of whom is an Iowa native, one of whom is a Minnesota native, but Zach Glazier and Gabe Christensen. And you look at their freestyle results. Again, can they make the world team? It would probably be surprising to us and a lot of other people, but Glazier was uh, fifth in Omaha. He was sixth in Fargo in 2019. He was fifth in Akron in 2018, right? Christensen, eighth in Omaha, fifth in Fargo, eighth in Akron, um, all same time period. So the past results, when you look at age level, which age level is very informative because you kind of forget sometimes when they do, you know, folk style event and they get in college and kind of age starts making a difference. But when they've been around their peers, they've been around guys are same age. They have very good results. They've placed at all these, these major events. So again, you know, bracket placement and all that type of stuff matters and, you know, health and all that, but assuming the best version of themselves, they're probably going to make deep runs. Um, this weekend. No, I'm glad you brought them up. And I, it's very easy to kind of lean on the guys in the Hawkeye room. Cause it's, you know, that's where a lot of, a lot of intrigue is like, I know you brought up Kale Happel, obviously Evan Yant. Um, there's a lot of other, you know, Julian Farber. Um, you know, I think RJ Weston is also, he's a recruit for you and I, but he's signed. And so I think he might be in the Greco competition for juniors. Um, RJ yeah, likes like, to Greco. He does like to, he's very good at Greco. Uh, there was a yeah. time another small sidebar when like Weston committed and then very shortly thereafter, maybe it was before Jared Sima had committed out of Kansas. Mm. They had just mm-hmm. wrestled each other in the Greco finals at Fargo. I'm pretty sure. Yes. And then Aronson committed not too long after that. And I was just like, five point move. Where are you at? Go to Cedar falls right now. Like keep all these guys wrestling Greco. Coach Roper. He, when he was, you know, I've talked to him about what his philosophy was when he was a, a youth coach, right. Um, or what, a, you know, high school and below when he was a compound and he said his intro, the way he liked to introduce kids to the sport is dirty Greco because he just feels that's the best foundation for, you know, eight, nine, 10 of 12 year olds to get into the sport. So Roper, very, very big. I mean, I'm sure all of them, all of them, I've just talked to Lee about it the most. Um, very big proponent of Greco. We love that. We need more of that here in Iowa because they tend to do very well, right? At Fargo, like we talked about. Um, Gable Porter's poncho. Gable. (laughs) We love that. We absolutely love that. Um, I guess let me, maybe, maybe we can use this to transition our way out of this because we could probably go on forever, but who is maybe, or who a number of wrestlers are the most intriguing of the college guys competing in the junior tournament to you for this weekend? Not just Iowa, just in general. Yeah. Well, all right. So I, I gave kind of my rundown on 57, um, 61. I very, very, very badly want to see Jesse Menez versus Nick Buzakis. team. <laughs> Um, and I am wholly biased. Jesse Mendez is my favorite high school wrestler. Um, you know, I'm pretty close with his father, Hector. And I just, I think Jesse's a gangster, right? And not that Nick Zakis isn't right. I just, I know Jesse pretty well. And I think that kid is going to be an absolute hammer in college and at the senior level, because like, you know, I, I think it was Imar that said like, um, he had this tweet where it was like, you know, a lot of people say they want to be, but when you really look in a man's eyes, like you can tell who's about that life, right? <laughs> and like Jesse Mendez is about that life. That dude is a gangster, right? And I don't know if he's gonna win, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna die out on the mat. Um, 
65. Uh, I haven't checked the, the updated one. You know, if you said Wyatt Henson's in, he's very interesting, but 65, I would say uh, Edmund and Bartlett are the two for me. Uh, 70 kilos. Bryce Andonian is an absolute electric factory. Um, and he's still he did very well. Yeah. Crazy. Wild. Okay. There's, there's a very <laughs> funny picture. There's a very funny picture of after Fargo one year, Jordan Decatur with his stop sign, Carson Karchler with his stop sign. So Jordan Decatur was probably 26 or 32. Karchler was probably 60 or 70. And they're about the same height. And then like five inches taller than them is Bryce Andonia <laughs> with his 145. That was when he uh, kicked the brick. I don't know if you remember that. That was awesome. I do remember that. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I really do think Brett Lee Rain is in the mix there. 74 is interesting, you know, especially with high school guys, right? So you got uh, Facundo, DJ Hamidi, uh, Divos, as we mentioned, and then probably the favorite is, uh, you know, Keegan O'Toole, who won 70 kilos uh, in Omaha and was an All-American this year for Missouri. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. <laughs> 79. Oh, uh, Starachi. Starachi's like insanely heavy favorite and then everybody else you know like a nine house or somebody like that wrestling for second 86 ah man i don't know um chris Foca is extremely entertaining to watch kyle haas is very interesting i thought kyle haas wanted to get big um he may also now be a father so he may have dad strength now i know <laughs> i know his girlfriend was pregnant i don't know when the the baby was born but hopefully that went very well for them um 92, uh, Christian. We, we hope Christian Carroll is healthy. I don't know if you saw Ultimate Club Duels. He got hurt, so I'm hoping that he yeah, got he hurt. Is, was that was that during or after Ben Keeter pinned him? Shout out Iowa City High. It was after, okay. and so I'm hoping that that because I'm hoping that that didn't have anything to do with the Keeter pin because I, I, you know, that was a really big signature win for Ben. So I hope that that like didn't take anything away from what he did. Um, so hope to see him. Isaac Trumbull, fascinating, um, you know, guy in, in the Olympic styles. And he's probably doing both styles this weekend, I would imagine. MWC guy. 97 is Braxton Amos' next topic. And then 125, um, you know, I would say it's probably going to come down to uh, Luke Luffman and Josh Heinzelman, who I don't know if you remember this. Oh, Luis Fernandez is also in that way. He's very good. But Josh Heinzelman and Luke Luffman definitely wrestled a match in Fargo probably 2019 – where there was a phantom point where just no one knew where it came from. Um, <laughs> and, and Luffman won. And, you know, I don't really like to, to criticize refs much. I, I, again, look, you know, I, I know, right. I, I yelled at my TV 600 times this past weekend when I disagreed with a call, right. I get it. But these are also humans and, you know, they're not really paid that well. But when there's a phantom point that goes up on the board, and then we it's should not probably changed, account like, for that, right? That's ridiculous. That was absurd. That was a really that was a really bad situation. Um, so I'd like to see them wrestle again and hopefully actually get to settle it, you know, with like takedowns and step outs and throws and stuff. Like actually settle it how we want actual, to settle actual it. points scored instead of phantom points. Right. So that's that's my kind of overall rundown. I'm sure I forgot a bunch of guys, but I just kind of have the the uh, registrations as of. I don't know. Like, I think I did my spreadsheet last night or this morning. So if there's anyone really good that's registered, you know, sometime in the early morning or late afternoon of Wednesday, I'm sorry. I didn't include you register early moron. I hate when kids register late. (laughs) 
There's a lot of people that like to wait until the very last minute for whatever reason. Look, here's my thing. I get it. You know, you don't want to lose registration money. Da, da, da. Once your flight is booked, you're going. Once your flight is booked, you're going. Register at that point. Like, if you have a flight, you're going. So just stop. Just stop trying to be cute. Just register. Come on, guys. What are we doing? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was – I think, that honestly, that was everything I wanted to try and get through or at least discuss. Uh, was there anything or anybody – that we missed that was pertinent or, or should we just transition into where people can, cause you're still writing, you're writing for Patreon, not Substack. I oh yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, I have a Patreon. If you want to subscribe to that, that would be cool. Um, you know, obviously I still put a lot of stuff out on Twitter. Yeah. It's five, it's five bucks. Um, there's like a, there's like payment tiers. I don't really know how it works. Um, I might have edited it to just make the minimum $5. I don't really know how it works. There's a bunch of stuff that comes up that like, if you pay this much, you get this and you pay this much. I don't, I don't, that was all Patreon. I have no idea how that works. Um, <laughs> so I think like, I think like $8, it says you get like content early and then like at, or $12 or whatever. And then $20, you get like one-on-one phone call or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, I guess if you're famous, right? Like if you have a Patreon and you're like actually a famous person, that's a worthwhile thing to do, you know, or if you're like really well connected, that could be an interesting thing to do, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what that is. And I don't really feel like changing it. So if you go on and try to like <laughs> buy it, it'll say that. And I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to get rid of that. And I don't really care to, to change it. So um, very strange, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's five bucks. I'll, uh, I probably won't have anything up for junior trials. I've been grinding on my, um, last chance qualifier film for, uh, for JO, you know, trying to get kind of a good detailed breakdown of like the top five guys, not just their, not just their results. Because, so as you know, Cody, writing previews for wrestling can be extremely difficult because, so, okay, you have 10 weights, and all right, say you have four guys that can win. All right, you want to watch a little film. You don't just want to watch one match because you really want to get an idea of the guy. And all of a sudden, you know, you need to watch eight matches. Okay, well, then there's four top guys. You need to watch 32 matches. Well, then you need to watch 320 matches for all 10 weights. And then all of a sudden, it's the day before the event. You haven't written a word. All you've done is watch film. So it can be very difficult to write uh, <laughs> wrestling previews. But in this case, because it's just, um, it's just J.O., um, I will leave the, the previews for Kuhn and Jesse Porter to the uh, incomparable Timmy Hands, the best wrestling writer in America, in my opinion. That dude is, is a freak. He is he's absolutely incredible. Go read his stuff on Five Point Move. And I think he probably, probably still does some stuff with Flow. Um, but yeah, I'll be writing about last chance qualifier. I don't know. I may have some reactions to to uh, junior junior trials, but yeah, you know, it's I'm I'm doing this in my free time now, and so uh, if you want to give me five bucks, go ahead. And uh, if not, uh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you pay twelve dollars, you can get a personal phone call from the wrestling no. Yeah, if you, so. <laughs> if, you, if you pay twelve dollars, you can get a uh, my you can get on my Christmas card mailing list, and uh, if you pay twenty dollars. You get a Zoom call. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. But uh, I guess it works for some people. I don't know. Not not me. I don't. I don't really care about that. Um, and also, if you're listening to this, subscribe to the Des Moines Register uh, because Cody does a really good job. And 
you know, in, in, in a state full of good wrestling writers, right? Cody is among the best. We appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the time today on the 100th episode, breaking down the UW. Hell yeah, 100, baby. Number 100, uh, triple digits now. We've made it. Uh, but no, man, I really appreciate the time. I love picking your brain about a lot of these stuff, and I appreciate you bringing the goods, as always, when it comes to the Iowa wrestlers competing this weekend. Big thanks again to the Wrestling Nomad for his time and his thoughts and his expertise on this weekend's UWW Junior Tournament. Always appreciate the time and effort he puts into covering and understanding and knowing this sport. I hope you guys appreciated that conversation as well. He's a gem. Honored he could help me out today, and he'll forever be on this show's 100th episode. Also, go help that man out with his Patreon page. It, it takes a lot of work to try and cover this sport, um, even when it is your full-time job, but to be able to do it in the capacity that he is doing it at, um, and he's still the same wrestling nomad that was working at flow wrestling right he's still doing the nerdy seating breaking downs that i give him trouble for um, but the guy clearly very well knows his stuff um knows what he's all about you you heard him talking about grinding through film to get ready for the last chance qualifier where jordan oliver and the couple of greco guys are going to go compete for the final olympic spots for later this summer um that nobody does it better than that guy so go go help that man out um he's more than earned it and i hope this conversation at the very least um if it didn't already convince you of his uh his wrestling knowledge and acumen um wanted to wrap up today's show with just the schedule for this weekend because i know it's a little weird um it'll be an interesting competition really from all angles with basically five different tournaments going on over the course of three days so the simple way to remember it is this on friday you're going to have junior greco senior greco and senior women's freestyle they will all start and finish on friday in coralville on saturday uh, junior freestyle and senior freestyle are going to start senior freestyle will finish on Saturday and then on Sunday junior freestyle will finish and we'll decide um, the junior freestyle team so the junior Greco team will be decided Friday uh, senior Greco senior women's freestyle will wrestle to completion on Friday on Saturday senior men's freestyle will wrestle to completion and then on Sunday we will decide our junior freestyle team so um, if that doesn't make sense follow your boy on Twitter and I'll keep you guys up to date on all the happenings from the weekend I plan to be there all three days hopefully with stories every day on the action from the Iowa wrestlers competing. Uh, been a tremendous year so far for Iowa wrestling at the high school level, collegiate level. Um, so we'll see if they can keep it going through this weekend. But that's all we've got today, guys. Thanks a bunch for listening. Uh, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. And be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register, just like Nomad said, to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Number 100, we made it, and we're still going. We will We'll talk again soon.